Good afternoon. You are listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and via podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Brought to you by our news team, Alexandra Fernandez, Chancellor Miracle, Chris Laurie, Zayden Vergara, Dinah Jansen, Cindy Gibson, Erica Singh, and me, Kareem Mosna. Let's begin with your local news rundown. It's voting day. Kingston Transit and Kingston Access Bus will be offering free transit to electors. You must show your voter information notice when you board the bus. Free transportation on Kingston Access Bus will be for registered users of that service only. And when reserving their transportation, the elector will have to identify which voting place they are going to. Also a reminder that online voting is available until 8 o'clock this evening. Now, if you can't find or didn't receive a voter information notice, you can still vote. All you have to do is bring appropriate ID showing proof of address to your voting location. All voting locations will offer electors the opportunity to use accessible voting equipment to cast their ballot privately and independently. Voter turnout in Kingston since the 2000s has consistently hovered around 30 to 40 percent, which is fairly typical across the province. And acting Deputy City Clerk Derek O'Shea says municipal elections consistently see lower turnout than their provincial and federal counterparts. While the city makes outreach efforts in every election, the wealth divide remains clear in voter turnout results. O'Shea says current data collection methods lead to renters being less likely to receive information than homeowners. I think it's just a matter of fact that the way voter registration information is gathered through the Municipal Property Assessment Corporation, or MPAC, it is a lot based on property ownership. The counting of people in apartments is difficult in rental properties. It's a transient population. People might not stay for long periods of time, so we get a significant number of people who might be registered, but then they move, and that isn't updated. O'Shea said this year, in an attempt to try to bridge the gap, the city sends out an election info postcard and a targeted mail-out to dense areas of residential rental properties in Kingston. There is also a new initiative to hear from the most vulnerable populations in Kingston as well, working with housing and social services to create info to be shared through community partners. Housing Programs Manager Joanne Boris says the effort has been made through community partners like AMHS, Shelters and Food Programs, to inform unhoused and lower-income members of the community on how they can have their voice heard. This story courtesy of Owen Fullerton, local journalism initiative reporter with YGK News. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Experts at Kingston Health Sciences Center's new breast imaging Kingston facility encourage eligible individuals to book an appointment for a mammogram. The push is part of a campaign aimed at improving breast screening rates in our region, which have declined through the COVID-19 pandemic. While there were some individuals who were overdue for a mammogram prior to the pandemic, an additional 11,500 people in southeastern Ontario were added to the backlog directly as a result of COVID-19. This number does not include individuals who are not yet registered through the Ontario Breast Screening Program. Breast cancer is the most common cancer and the second leading cause of cancer death for women. There is one in nine chance that a woman will develop breast cancer in their lifetime. Research shows that for every 200 mammograms performed, one person will be found to have had breast cancer. KHSC radiologist Dr. Doris Jabs says, With the various shutdowns during COVID and as individuals have understandably stayed at home during the pandemic, we have seen a dramatic increase in the number of people overdue for breast screening. We really want to stress that it's now time to get back to breast screening. Proactive screening is the best method to catch cancer early and people have much higher survival rates. 
It's important to note that many individuals who have breast cancer have no prior family history of the disease, which makes screening so crucial. Those between the age of 30 and 69 at a high risk of developing breast cancer may be eligible for the high-risk screening program through the OBSP. They should speak to a physician or nurse practitioner to determine if they are eligible. Screening is offered seven days a week at Breast Imaging Kingston, located at 820 John Marks Avenue, open Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 7.30 p.m., and weekends from 8 until 4. The City of Kingston has once again received a AA-plus credit rating with a stable outlook from S&P Global Ratings. The report highlights the city's well-diversified economy, noting its large, stabilizing public sector and ongoing private investment. The report also acknowledges the city's gradually declining debt and strong liquidity. Chief Financial Officer and City Treasurer with the City of Kingston, Desiree Kennedy, says we are very pleased to once again receive this positive news. A strong credit rating is not only an indicator of our ability to meet our financial obligations, but it is an important validation of the city's fiscal policies and procedures. It provides both investors and residents with a level of confidence in the way the city manages its finances. The AA-plus rating is the second-highest bond rating assigned by the agency. Kingston has received top grades from S&P Global Ratings, including an upgrade from AA to AA-plus in June. S&P Global Ratings is an external agency assessing municipalities and other public and private corporations to gauge their ability to meet financial obligations. The Kingston East Community Centre has welcomed two naming rights sponsors to the facility who are supporting expanded programming for community members. The CS Physiotherapy and Wellness Centre Gymnasium is featured inside the facility, and the Mike Lee Desjardins Insurance Community Garden will be located on the north side and is expected to be in place for the spring season in 2023. Lucretia Turner, Director of Recreation and Leisure Services with the City of Kingston, says local businesses like CS Physiotherapy and Wellness Center and Mike Lee Desjardins Insurance are an important part of supporting our city programs. Funding from these partnerships supports drop-in programs seven days a week in the gymnasium and will create and sustain the community garden for Kingston residents. Owners of CS Physiotherapy and Wellness Center, Scott McAllister and Caitlin Saray, say... We were excited when we first toured this beautiful new facility. Many of our clients are looking for accessible recreation activities, particularly in the winter, so we will be referring them to the indoor track and other amenities located at the Kingston East Community Center. Mike Lee of Desjardins Insurance says, Supporting local food is something that is really important to me as a resident in Kingston. I look forward to watching the progress of the city's newest community garden and seeing the first harvest next year. The KECC opened in early 2022, offering community partners space to deliver supportive programs to residents. And that's your local news rundown. You're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast. And now here's Cindy Gibson with this week's Local Artist to Watch. This is Cindy from the Indie Wake Up Call with this week's Artist to Watch. Michael C. Duguay is a writer, musician, producer, improviser, and community organizer based out of Kingston. Now, the last time we talked to him was for Winter of Our Discotheque, which chronicled his life surviving nearly a decade of homelessness and drug addiction. He just dropped a single this past Thursday and called me on the Indie Wake Up Call to talk about collaboration. You know, collaboration is foundational to um, all of my art. Um, 
rarely do I make work sort of in a vacuum. And I think for me, the, you know, what substantiates really strong and vibrant collaboration is, you know, as a producer and sort of an organizer is, is bringing people together and then sort of taking a step back and allowing people to sort of, um, you know, build creatively off one another's skills and, and experience and have everybody sort of have an equal place at the table and not necessarily dictating the terms by which people can contribute to a project. So for this project, you know, it was equal parts folks that I curated into it, as well as sort of leaning into the existing connections that I had in Whitehorse and, and the Yukon at large, um, and sort of empowering folks to bring in collaborators that they saw as, as really fit for the project. And then once we were all assembled, really just sort of providing everybody with the autonomy and the agency to, to, to do their thing. You make it sound so easy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, it, when it's easy, it's easy. And, and I find that it often is. Conceived as an agnostic hymn, Saint Maybe is Duguay's first new music since 2020 and will be the title track of his soon-to-be-released album. Saint Maybe tells the story of experiencing life as a twin, the roots emanating from Duguay and his sister's shared upbringing. Michael C. Duguay, Saint Maybe, is available now on music services, and you'll be able to catch him at the Wolf Island Hotel on October 28th. This is Cindy from the Indie Wake Up Call, and that was this week's Local Artist to Watch. Today in YGK Campus Corner. My name is Erica Singh, and here are your campus news headlines for today. The Alma Mater Society, or AMS, met on Thursday, October 20th for their monthly assembly. The meeting opened with updates on AMS activities by the president of the society and the VPs of Operations and University Affairs. These updates include the Student Life Center has moved into the Rideau Building, which now houses some selective AMS services, clubs, and club spaces, as well as an update on the development of the fee referendum package being developed after the first AMS meeting in September. The VP of University Affairs then shared plans for a food and drink station on Earl Street on Saturday, October 29th to provide students with a safe spot to take a break during homecoming. Talks of a meeting to collaborate on next year's O-Week also took place. This was followed by updates from various faculty societies such as NSOC, RESSOC, ACES, and more, who shared updates on their respective hiring processes. The Assembly then motioned to approve the ORT budget before adjourning. The meeting agenda is available to view now on the AMS website with minutes to follow soon. In other news, Queen's University's fall preview took place on Saturday, October 22nd. Prospective students toured the campus and heard from specific faculties and current students. 
In case you missed the in-person fall preview, visit queensu.ca slash admission to register for upcoming webinars on the admission process. Next, Kingston City first responders responded to multiple calls of injuries, including, but not limited to, individuals falling off roofs and individuals passed out from partying too much. The Kingston Police also administered multiple fines for nuisance, along with some fines reaching amounts of $2,000 this weekend. The AMS and SGPS urge you to be responsible this homecoming and not contribute to the strain on Frontenac Emergency Services. That's all the headlines for this week. Now over to Zayden Vergara with an interview on HOKO and safety initiatives over the next week. I'm now joined by Nikki Boychuk-Hale. It's great to have you on today. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. So can you tell me a little bit about the Save Our Paws initiative? Yeah, so Save Our Paws is a campaign that's been done in previous years by the All Matter Society. And uh, we decided to bring it back this year after a few years of a hiatus. Um, and the goal really of the Save Our Paws campaign is to um, bring bring the puppies of the university district uh, <laughs> into the spotlight um, and bring attention to uh, that there, there are neighbors too. And um, during any unsanctioned uh, street parties that might occur over um, the next couple weeks, uh, encouraging students to uh, be aware of um, these puppies and their paws and to choose uh, uh, cans over glasses. Are there any other uh, harm reduction tactics being taken by the AMS? Yeah, so the AMS is taking um, a few different uh, strategies into consideration uh, for harm reduction during um, homecoming. Um, one of which is a harm reduction event that will be occurring um, the week leading up to uh, Queens' official homecoming. Uh, and this event will allow students to um, register um, and attend some informational sessions. Um, students will learn how to um, look out for signs um, in themselves and their friends, uh, safe drinking strategies, as well as um, how to put someone into a recovery position. And by attending this event, um, students will get a ticket, which will allow them to redeem that on the Saturday homecoming um, outside of the Queen Center on Earl Street. We will be giving beaver tails to those students. All right. That, that's absolutely amazing, all the initiatives that are taking place. And if any students looked, are looking to find more information, where can they go? Yeah, so... Students can go to our Instagram or Facebook. It's queens underscore AMS. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Nikki. Thank you so much. It was wonderful having the chance to talk with Nikki about all the AMS's initiatives right around the time of homecoming. To hear my full interview with Nikki, please check out the Today in YGK podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or CFRC.ca. But that's all for campus news. Now over to Chris and Chancellor with a special interview. This is Chris coming in with your community updates. To start us off, created by BIPOC for BIPOC, Union Gallery extends the Beyond Words program with sustainability in mind. Beyond Words Bloom into Wellness Winter 2022 is an extension of the program created by BIPOC for BIPOC. The series aims to foster a safe and creative space centered in art and healing for Queen's University students and members of the Kingston community who are Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Led by Melanie Gray, an Indigenous art therapist, this program will allow participants to explore and engage in discussions around the impact that racism has had on them as individuals and members of the Queens and Kingston community. 
In addition, art making will allow participants to work through these heavy themes in a safe and expressive way. Art as healing is a growing movement that has a lot to offer to people working through emotions that are difficult to put into words. Beyond Words is a free in-person series in the main space of Union Gallery, open to BIPOC participants exclusively. The first session already took place on October 22nd, but the next one will be Saturday, January 28th between 1 and 3 p.m. Register to save your spot at uniongallery.queensu.ca. On October 31st, many children will dress up and knock on your door asking for treats. Although Halloween is a fun holiday for kids and even the not-so-young, some costumes and decorations pose a hazard. The following tips can help you reduce the risk. Choose the right costume. Choose costumes that are less likely to catch on fire, such as those made of nylon or heavyweight polyester. Pick brightly colored costumes or add reflective tape so that you can clearly be seen by motorists. Choose costumes that fit well and can be worn over warm clothing to protect against cold and wet weather. Avoid danger when decorating. Stay vigilant for fire hazards and prevent injuries. Finally, remember to always examine treats and toys that are brought home before giving them to your children. For more tips on how to stay safe this Halloween, check out the Halloween Safety page at Canada.ca. October is Islamic History Month, and you're invited to feed a neighbor from your table. The theme for Islamic History Month 2022 is multicultural flavors of Muslim cuisine. In keeping with this focus on food, there is an Islamic History Month food drive in October for partners in Mission Food Bank. In our news programming earlier this month, we spoke with Islamic History Month committee member Mona Rahman. Here's a bit of what she had to say about the food drive and how you can get involved. Just sort of dovetailing from that last saying that I said in terms of being aware of what's going on with your neighbors and making sure that your neighbors are not never hungry. The one thing that we're doing in Kingston is, and we are encouraging other communities to do this, is that we are um, holding a food drive. It's called Feed, what was it called? Feed, feed a neighbor from your table. There's a certain type of food that we all tend to donate. And the thing is, that it doesn't really reflect the diversity of the cuisine of our community of the community in Kingston there are different there are different cultures that have different staples all over the world and in order to sort of remember that we are sort we are emphasizing that when we're donating food maybe think about what it is that you like to eat what's on your table and pick something up to give to those in need to give to those who are hungry so um, I mean, that's the thing, the diversity in our community is reflected in the diversity of our food. And so why would we um, not share that diversity with the food bank? Islamic History Month Kingston does have a Facebook page. It's at I IHM Kingston. So we will try as the different events from the different organizations that are involved are confirmed, we will be putting those on that. That was Mona Rahman, a member of the Islamic History Month Committee, on how you can get involved in the food drive. And now it's time for the CFRC weather report. Tonight, we're expecting clear skies becoming cloudy after midnight with fog patches developing before morning and a low of 10. Tuesday, October 25th, we'll see a mix of sun and cloud with fog patches dissipating in the morning and a high of 20. Tuesday night, we're looking at cloudy periods with a low of 14. On Wednesday, cloudy with a 40% showers and a high of 19. And at night, we'll see cloudy skies with a 70% chance of showers and a low of 9. And now it's time for the City of Kingston traffic report. Motorists are advised that the LaSalle Causeway will experience a lane closure for maintenance work on October 27th from 9.30 to 3 p.m. The bridge will remain open to cyclists, pedestrians, and marine traffic.
Road closures in and around the city of Kingston this week include Garrett Street from Division to University until November 20th. Stephen Street from Montreal to County Streets is closed until October 31st. Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16. Palace remains closed to January 31st. Wellington Street will be closed October 25th from 7 to 2 p.m. for crane setup from Brock Street to Princess Street. University Avenue from Union to Earl also remains closed to January 21st for removal of debris through the J-Duck Reconstruction Project on campus. And finally, Lower Brewers Swing Bridge remains closed until further notice as Parks Canada continues work to replace the bridge over the winter months. The City of Kingston is also reminding residents about the School Streets Initiative and that McDonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn are closed from 8.40 to 9.10 a.m. and 3.20 to 3.50 p.m. Monday to Friday until June 29, 2023. Residents are reminded that while Third Crossing Road work remains underway at Highway 15 at Gore, work is also underway at John Counter Boulevard from Montreal Street to Ascot. Motorists are advised to obey signage and watch for flagging to direct traffic should lanes be closed. Pedestrians will also be able to use the temporary access path north of John Counter Boulevard, which will be maintained at all times. Cyclists will be single file on John Counter Boulevard. Proper construction signage for cyclists will also be provided. At Highway 15 and Gore Road, traffic signals at Point St. Mark and Gore will be operational until December, and access through the south leg of Point St. Mark at Gore Road remains closed until then. The cycling and pedestrian signals have been activated to assist cyclists and pedestrians in crossing the road at Gore and Highway 15. Motorists are also advised to expect traffic delays on Front Road from Sand Bay Lane to Country Club Drive with reduction to a single lane in both directions until the end of 2022. Other delays can be expected on Highway 2 at the Abbey Don Road intersection to October 28th, on Highway 33 from Collins Creek Bridge to Coronation Boulevard, Jackson Mills Road near the KP Trail, Sand Hill Road from the city limits to 5 kilometers west of the city limit to November 16th. Pedestrians are notified of a pathway closure along the Portsmouth Waterfront Pathway, which remains close to pedestrian access at the foot of Mowat and Young and east of Lake Watch Lane. Finally, the Robert Burst Memorial Parking Restoration Project is still underway and the facility remains closed until late November. There is parking available at both Chown and Hanson parking garages in the adjacent blocks to the east and west of the Robert Bruce. And now it's time for the CFRC events calendar brought to you by queensevents.ca. The Human Rights Arts Festival runs Monday to Friday this week at the Isabel Bader Centre for the Performing Arts. Visitors to the Art and Media Lab on the lower level can experience a short contemporary art film called The Crossing about seven Syrian refugees who had just arrived in Europe. Admission is free and open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. daily. On Wednesday, October 26th, the Grand Theatre will host a multidisciplinary contemporary dance presentation from Indigenous choreographer Christine Friday. Admission is pay what you want or by donation. On Thursday, October 27th, in the afternoon, the Department of Political Studies is hosting a public lecture on privacy invasive technologies in Canadian policing at 2.30 in Kingston Hall, Room 101. Admission is free and all are welcome. Also on Thursday, October 27th, there will be an in-person discussion on academic freedom where you can hear more personal stories from scholars at risk. This event starts at 3.30 p.m. in the School of Kinesiology Building, Room 101. 
Spooky season is upon us again, and the Screaming Room downtown is the place to go for scary movies and cult classics all week leading up to Halloween. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is always fun, but don't wait. The tickets are selling out fast. Visit ScreeningRoomKingston.com for ticket information and lineups for other film screenings. Starting October 28th, Queen's alumni will be coming home this weekend, so keep an eye out for the leather jackets ending in the numbers 2 and 7 and make sure you say welcome home to Queen's alumni. Join CFRC as well at our table in Grant Hall and drop by the station for station tours featuring tasty food provided by Old Farm Fied Foods on October 28th between 1 to 6 p.m. And it's sure to be a fun weekend with many Gales games, including men's hockey at the Memorial Centre on Friday night, men's volleyball versus York University at the Arc on Friday and Saturday nights, and the OUA playoff homecoming football game on Saturday afternoon at Richardson Stadium with kickoff at 1 p.m. Tune in to CFRC or stream the game at cfrc.ca to cheer on your Queen's Gales, but be sure to register for homecoming via queensu.ca. And you can find more information about campus and local events and ticket information at queensevents.ca. And that's a wrap for this week's events calendar and our program today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Today in YGK and Scoop podcasts to get your campus and local news on the go. From all of us on the CFRC News team, have a great week and we'll see you next time. you been inspired by a woman who's a Queen's faculty member or a Kingston community member? The call for nominations for the Banry Foundation Inspiring Women Awards is now open. Each year the Banry Foundation presents awards to women who've been an inspiration to others. The Mentorship Award goes to a woman faculty member who's been supportive and inspiring to women students at Queen's. The Leadership Award goes to a woman in the community who's been inspiring and who fosters opportunity for others. This is your chance to nominate your inspiring woman to get the recognition she deserves. For more details and a nomination form, please visit the Banry Centre website. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.